Welcome to the Dollars and Cents Radio Show with your host, accountant and author Carol Topp, the homeschool CPA. Carol takes confusing topics such as money and business and puts them into clear English. She's ready to share her knowledge with you on today's show. Well, hi, homeschool leaders. This is Carol Topp from Homeschool CPA, back with another episode of the Dollars and Cents shows with a particular emphasis on this podcast and recently podcast episodes for homeschool leaders. So I am doing a series of throwback podcasts. I am taking blog posts that people asked me questions from, oh, this one was from 10 years ago, and thought I would share the information new in the format of this podcast. So yeah, this question that we're going to talk about today, which is about uh, your members of your homeschool group voting on issues, particularly voting on the board, or can the board make decisions? That's what we're going to talk about today. But originally, this was asked in 2008 by a woman uh, named Misty. Isn't that funny? That was 10 years years ago and I'm still answering questions like this today and it's not because people haven't been reading I've been podcasting and blogging and writing books it's because there are new homeschool leaders and they need to learn this information so I hope offering this to you in a podcast is helpful so back in 2008 here's what Misty a homeschool leader asked me about voting in her homeschool organization. She said she's co-directing an established homeschool group in the process of writing or hope uh, updating their bylaws. By the way, if you don't have bylaws, you need to have them. Bylaws are what make you a nonprofit organization. And you can look at sample bylaws over on my website at homeschoolcpa.com slash samples. I think it's samples, meaning sample documents. And one of the sample documents I have there is bylaws. And you know what? I share that in a Word document so that you can easily, you know, edit it, uh, make it your own, cut and paste certain parts you don't think you want. But anyway, back to Misty. She's working on her bylaws and she asks me three questions and um, I'll read her questions and then I will answer them because they're probably the same questions you have. (laughs) Is it okay to not allow members to have a vote? pertaining to the decisions of the homeschool board? That's her first question. Second question is, can the bylaws be set up to allow suggestions and recommendations from the members at the approval of the board? And her third question is, also, is it legal to initially appoint a board without a vote and then fill vacancies at the discretion of that established board? All right. So um, I'm going to answer each of her questions with a little explanation and the answer to each of those questions is yes yes it's okay yes you can unless yes it's legal (laughs) so let me go back she asks first about is it okay to allow members uh, excuse me to not allow members to have a vote yes it's perfectly okay for the members of your nonprofit to not have a vote and you could spell that in your bylaws you just simply state members do not have a vote You might have something in your bylaws about what it takes to be a member. Think of that member as like a participant. What does it take to participate in this group? You know, you have to be legally homeschooling or you have to be interested in homeschooling or you just have to be interested in joining our group or, you know, pay your dues or whatever. Okay, so those are the qualifications for participation, for membership, but you don't have to give those members a vote. I've seen that a lot in nonprofits, especially homeschool groups. Don't give their membership a vote at all. No problem, okay? 
Her second question had to do with setting up the bylaws to allow suggestions and recommendations for members, but that the board gets the final say. Okay, and I don't really think you need to write that out in your bylaws. You would just more practice that. You know, that would just be something your group would do without formally codifying it in the bylaws. So basically you would say the members have no vote, period. You know, all decisions are made by the the board, and then you go on. You can look at the sample bylaws to see how that's all worded. But basically, you could certainly have a practice of doing surveys and taking input and listening to people so that your board makes an informed decision about what the people want done, okay? But no, you, you don't have to give the membership at large a vote. And finally, her last question, is it legal to initially appoint a board without a vote and then fill the vacancies? Yes, this is perfectly fine too. And you again, spell that on your bylaws, basically how are new members added to the board? And you say something as simple as uh, the board will appoint its own successors, meaning people who succeed you. And you don't have to give the membership a vote at all. Matter of fact, a lot of nonprofits are run this way. Think about it. Like, especially nonprofits from arts organizations like museums or symphonies, ballets, things like that. You know, when I go to the art museum, you know, they, they say I can, quote, buy a membership, you know, to get in at a cheaper rate, but it doesn't give me the right to vote. So what happens on that art or that museum's board is, uh, you know, if a person leaves the board, the board members replace that person themselves. They don't take it to the whole membership. How, how are you going to get the whole membership of a museum together even vote anyway? So this is very, very common in the nonprofit world for the board to replace themselves. Okay, And, of course, you'll look to your participants, the families who come. You'll look to people who are actively volunteering. Some homeschool groups bring in people from the community at large. You know, like they, they maybe want uh, advice from a lawyer or an accountant. I belonged on boards like that where we would bring in people because we wanted their expertise, but they weren't necessarily terribly involved in volunteering in the organization. And that's fine, too. So in general, I close with my advice to Misty by saying, yes, you can do all the things you ask, Misty. You can, you know, write your bylaws basically how you want without giving the whole membership a vote. And you can replace your own board members without, you know, a a vote other than the board itself. And uh, sure, it's nice to ask for recommendations and suggestions, but you don't have to put that formally in your bylaws. Um, I wrap up by telling her, your board should always remember their duties, their fiduciary duties of care, duties of loyalty to the group. There are also duties of management and compliance. But always remember that. Uh, when you're managing your group, that you're not in it for private gain as the board member. You're not trying to, you know, have control of this group. You're trying to manage it well. You know, here's basically what your board's job is to do. Um, Provide for financial, fiscal accountability. In other words, manage the money well and be accountable to to each other and and to the members for how you're managing their money. Approve a budget, which is part of fiscal responsibility, and then formulate policies. Have good policies for your group, and that's kind of it. That that assures you that you are caring for the organization. You are loyal to the organization first, above your own personal gain. So, just 
by the fact that you are not giving your board members a vote. Well, sometimes that upsets people, <laughs> but sometimes it, um, it is the most efficient way to operate. Some groups do allow their board members a vote. Sometimes they allow them a vote on who gets on the board. There are pros and cons to that because sometimes that becomes a popularity contest. And a lot of groups don't like to have the membership vote because they don't want to have division or anything like that. And they do it, they, they restrict the board members to the people who can replace themselves because that keeps the purity of the vision. Matter of fact, Misty emphasized that in her email. She said, our concern is to protect the vision of the homeschool group. So they had a particular vision purpose, mission, if you will, and the best way to assure that your purpose and mission will be kept pure is for the board to replace itself. And of course, the person you bring on will be someone that you explain or you have evidence through through their conversations with them that, that they are on board, they are with you on maintaining that vision. Does that make sense? Okay. So I, you know, I've gotten emails from groups before where one member is upset that something wasn't brought to a vote. You know, it was actually about whether this group should become a 501c3 tax exempt status. And this member was very upset that the board went and decided that without asking the membership. Okay, well, you could have asked. Okay. But ultimately, since the responsibility is with the board, the decision making was with the board. And they didn't have to ask permission from the membership to decide how to care for this group, what they thought was fiscally responsible for this group and their their duty of care and their duty of management was foremost in their minds, not getting everybody's approval or vote because that was not the way their organization was set up. So, hey, if you have questions about bylaws or about how your organization should be set up and should be run and how much you have to, you know, include all the membership or not, you might find a a book I wrote very recently very helpful, and it's the Homeschool Organization's Board Manual. So this book is a little different from other books that I've sold because I don't sell it to you in print format. It is a, a Word document because this homeschool organization board manual is a template that you can use for to create your own binder your own board binder that you then pass out to each of your board members so what i'm basically selling you is a word document and um i think i charged ten dollars but i give you permission to use and copy this document this this board manual template if you will for all the board members in your group and forevermore. Okay, so you only have to buy one for your group. And the reason I, I'm doing it that way by allowing you to, you know, print it off as many times as you want in your group is because I want you to use it <laughs> and I want you to pass it down to your next board members. So it includes lots of things to help your board run well, you know, important documents that I think you should have in your board manual, as well as lots of articles that I consider kind of like a training manual for your board. It's it's lists things like, um, you know, what are the duties of the board? I just mentioned a few of them, the duty of care, duty of loyalty, duty of management. What are some job descriptions? What's a sample agenda look like? What should my bylaws have in them? I've got it in that board manual. Okay. 
So hope it's helpful to you. I hope this podcast is helpful to you. Uh, thank you for what you're doing. And I hope you're enjoying some of these throwback podcasts. There's still pertinent information that you might find helpful today, even though I originally answered that question over 10 years ago. Maybe you can find more information on my blog posts at homeschoolcpa.com. And you'll also find more of these podcasts if you find them helpful. Thanks for listening. Thank you for joining the Dollars and Cents Radio Show with Carol Top here at the Ultimate Homeschool Radio Network. For more helpful information, visit Carol at her website, homeschoolcpa.com.